Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion. Right now, we're going to be praying. I'll read the scripture, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Praise the Lord. Right now, I'm going to be praying for the salvation of souls all around us in our catchment areas where we live, our localities. We're going to be praying. Praying for men that they may be saved, hallelujah, and they may receive the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in all simplicity of it, hallelujah, and they will come unto the knowledge of the truth. Let's kindly unmute ourselves right now as we begin to pray. Thank <laughs> you. 
Ya <laughs> 
Hallelujah. Oh Lord, we bless your holy name, Lord, we worship you, oh God. There is none like you in the earth, in the skies, and in the sea. You are an amazing God. You are an amazing Father. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Yes, hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. We bless your holy name for the souls of God in our community, in our locality, oh God, everywhere around us, oh God. We thank you, oh God, because this ones of God, they are coming to the knowledge of the truth of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Lord, we pray for them, oh God. Yes, oh God, that their stony hearts be taken away, oh God. And yes, you give them a heart of flesh. That as we speak to them, oh God, these ones, they are receptive. They are receptive to the gospel. They are receptive to the truth, hallelujah. And they take the truth, hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Yes, hallelujah. Let them prevail in your God. Prevailing, O oh God, of the word of God in the environment, on the streets, hallelujah, in the localities, in the city, in the towns, O oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, hallelujah, for so mightily build the word of God and prevail, hallelujah, even in our localities, even in our localities, massacre Tayala Mandi, even in our states, yes, the word of God is great and prevailing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh Lord, we worship. 
worship you. You exalt your holy name, O God. For you are God all by yourself. Hallelujah. And it's your delight, O God, that all men come to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, precious Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, good night, depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time. You are welcome to be inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you so much, Esteem Kumarak, for the opportunity to lead the saints of God in prayers and intercession for the nations of the world. Hallelujah. Right now, we're going to go into the Rhapsody of Reality segment. Over to you, esteemed Amarok. Thank you so much. Do have a lovely day. We light, we light up the whole world, illuminating and innovating. We are for signs and for seasons. We are empowered to lead. We are the light of the world. Hallelujah. We are lights. We light up the whole world. Illuminating and innovating. We are for signs and for seasons. We are empowered to lead. We are the light of the world. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Something about light. Light brings direction, light makes you see. When you enter a dark room, especially when it's not your room, where you know what is here and what is there, even in your room, you also have to be careful in your space. When you enter a dark room, you can't see what is what. So you're trying to navigate your way around the room. First, it slows down your pace. If at all, you have to move. You have to look for a way to feel, to touch, to take a step at a time and be sure that you are safe before you take the next step. So that means when light comes, it brings speed. It brings direction. It brings clarity. It helps you see and to navigate through life. So when he says we are the light of the world, there are many who would not see. There are many who will not have clarity or purpose. There are many who will not have the sense of direction. And there are many who would stumble, basically fall and injure themselves. Someone can fall in darkness, fall, hit their head on something and that's the end of their lives. So when he says that we are light, it means that the lives and the destiny of many are connected to us. If we don't do what we should do, many will stumble, many will fall, many will die, literally die. 
So you see, it's not just an exciting um, verse to quote, oh, I am the light of the world. And it, it's a, that verse brings about a sense of responsibility for our world. We are empowered to lead. By virtue that you are light means that you are empowered to lead. You can't live your life like though nothing is at stake. You can't live your life. Imagine that you were in that room that somebody entered and you were by the light switch. You were the one who turned off the light. You have the ability to turn on the light, but you were by the light switch and you kept quiet. You were watching the person. And while in that room, the person is trying to navigate and then that person fell, that person then hit his, his or her head against the wall and passed on. How would you feel? I'm literally describing a physical situation, but do you know that that's how many of us live our lives? You don't care. You live your life anyhow, forgetting that you are a Christian, forgetting that you are a light. The other day in my cell meeting, I was addressing the issue of nakedness. I've addressed it here before, so it's not new. Women dress naked. I was, I was talking to a brother. I did a, I did, I did a broadcast. I think it was either early last week or, or the, the week before last week. And his response to my broadcast, he said, thank you, Sister Maka, for sharing this. Because in recent times, sometimes I can't tell the difference between my sister and the prostitute on the streets. But we are supposed to be light. We are supposed to be leading. We are supposed to be the ones at the forefront showing people how to do life. But no, we are copying the world. We want to sew a star for a wedding. You go to social media, you look at all the worldly celebrities and you pick a star from it. You don't check the Christians because many Christians are copying the world in their looks and in their dressing. But you are empowered to lead, but you are light. Those guys are walking in darkness, yet you are copying darkness. They are supposed to look at us and copy us. People are literally missing their way because we Christians haven't taken our place. Because we Christians are trying to adjust to, to fit into the world instead of boldly standing out to show the world who we are and asking the world to follow us. And if you're here, you are a sister. If you have clothes that you wear, and all your nakedness is outside. Um, I, you can, you can, you, you, you understand what I'm saying. I don't have to go into the details. You are not going to give out the clothes. You will burn it. You literally go and burn the clothes, because you are, you are exhibiting darkness when you are light. If you've been following, following us through the scriptures, you can comment on the on the chat room. I don't know how many of you remember back in the days when we started with the old, the, the early, um, the, the first five books of Moses, right? And if you remember how that, um, um, when there was a particular place where we read, you find it in different parts of the scripture. And as we enter into the prophets, you will also see because they made reference to some of those things in the different times of the kings. But you literally see how that nakedness was attached to demon spirit. The goddess Asherah was one of those spirits. How that they rose to play and to dance. They were attached to demons and to nakedness and, and, and to devils. Then a, a sister says she's a Christian and we cannot differentiate you from a prostitute on the streets. You think that grace is a license to behave anyhow? Paul said, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Brothers and sisters, there's decency in Christianity. There's a way we live. We are examples. We don't copy the world. 
if you enter church and you saw Pastor Chris sagging his trousers, brothers, how would you, how would you feel? Then you wear your trousers, you are sagging it. We can see your boxers, your dirty boxers that you have not washed for many days. And you think it's, it's fashionable. You think it's cute. There's nothing cute about it. There's decency in Christianity. I don't know if these things are taught on the stage in church. But the Bible, we are reading the Bible every day. And the Bible is the manual that God left for us to do life. So whether it's taught you on the stage or not, you will, oh, you will, you, the Bible is going to witness against or for us whether we kept the word or we lived in defiance to the word. You know, there's a spirit of worldliness, a spirit of carnality, a spirit of disobedience and defiance to God that is in the world. Some of you have been preaching to somebody on your streets, different guys on your street. They don't take you serious. You know why? They pre you preach to them, then the next moment you are passing and you look like a prostitute. You want them to take you serious. No, they won't take you serious. And I'm talking to somebody here. You have been praying about certain guys you've been trying to win. Change your dressing, you win them to Christ. Let's go to the, to the devotion for today. God is coming for a church without spot and without blemish. Let's put our house in order. The days of ignorance are over. God is calling everyone to repentance. Be a light that is truly a light. When, when you show up, let everything about your life be inspiring. Let your dressing inspire. Let it provoke godliness. When you show up, what does your dressing do? Does it inspire godliness or does it inspire the consciousness of sin? Suddenly the guy is seeing naked women just because you appeared. So my question to you, who are you preaching? You think it's about taking the Bible and walking on the street and preaching Jesus. Have you not heard that your actions speak louder than your words? The way you do life every day, the way you show up every day is louder than the words that you, that you try to preach around your neighborhood. If you're going to be honest with yourself, ask the people around you to maybe give you feedback about your life. Today is Wednesday, 23rd of July, 2021. Be fervent in soul winning and intercession. Wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience, Ephesians 2 and verse 2. One of the most pitiful things to read about in the actual state of those who don't know Jesus Christ is the actual state of those who don't know Jesus Christ. The scripture above is telling us about such people, those who are in Christians. It says that they walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that not walketh in the children of disobedience. You know, when he said children of disobedience, what does he mean? You know, he's wanting to say somebody is disobedient. We'll get there. It helps you understand why they think the way they do. They are controlled by some other force. It says the prince of the power of the air is at work in them, the children of disobedience, those who have rejected the truth. Those who have rejected the truth. You know, just like what I just shared. And if this is not a, um, a, a Bible study class. Maybe we'll have that and we'll deal, deal with maybe, um, maybe Christian living and, and Christian doctrine. And I can show you from the scriptures. 
What I just shared with you is the truth of God's word. If you reject it, then you become a child of disobedience. So when he says the children of disobedience, he said those who have rejected the truth. There are many things in the scriptures that if you read your Bible, see, brothers and sisters, if you've been with me for a while, there's something I usually say. God forbid. But if I woke up today and I saw that Pastor Chris has, has announced that this Jesus that he has preached is not real. This heaven that he's told us about does not exist. And then Pastor is contradicting everything that he has. See, I will still believe in Jesus Christ because I have known him for myself. Pastor Chris didn't write the Bible. We all met the Bible. And that's why Pastor, we constantly tell us, thank God for the kind of man of God I have. He constantly points us to the word. He constantly points us to Jesus. What I'm saying is that even at that, our faith and our example rest with Christ. If you know the word for yourself, you will not say, eh, but my leader, eh, but my pastor is doing it now, eh, but this person is doing it. They did not die for you and they are not your example. You say, ah, the other day, my pastor did her 50th birthday. You need to see what she wore. Oh my God, when you stand before Jesus Christ in heaven, your pastor is not going to answer for you. It is the word of God that will witness for or against you. The children of disobedience, those who have rejected the truth. This is where we come in. We must break the power of Satan over such folks and take the light of God's word to them. If we ourselves being children of God, being light, then begin to subject ourselves to the power of Satan by subjecting ourselves to the spirit of worldliness and the demon that works with it in the world. How are we going to break the yoke of Satan over the people that we are supposed to be winning to Christ? The Bible says you must bind the strong man to plunder his house. Matthew 12 and verse 29. For us to record a massive harvest of souls in the nations of the world in these last days, we must break the power and influence of Satan and demons over the minds and lives of those who haven't yet known the Lord. So the light of God's glorious gospel can shine in their hearts. Anyone who is not born again, whether it's your father, mother, uncle, auntie, brother, sister, cousin, nephew, niece, in-law, friend, colleague, neighbor, if he see. They are all under the control and dominion of these wicked rulers of darkness until they receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 3 says, but if our gospel be heed, it is heed to them that are lost. Ephesians 4, 18 says that they have their understanding darkened. That's why you must do something about it. They are your responsibility. Be more fervent in, in soul winning and intercession. The harvest is ripe. Right from the day of Pentecost, the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all men in accordance with the prophecy in Joel 2 and verse 28. This means now. This means men now have the potential ability of recognizing and receiving the truth. As you pray, declare that the power and influence of Satan and his demons over the people are broken in the name of Jesus. And men and women hear the gospel, perceive, understand, and receive it for their salvation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We must do this with all earnestness. Glory to God. We must do this with all earnestness. You know, beyond the prayers that we pray here every morning interceding for the nations, your personal life, your personal times of prayers are equally important. 
you know, this I, I can give you a strategy that might work for you. You know, um, in the mornings you can have um, your quiet times with the Lord. Those are times of fellowship, as in those are not times. These are those are quiet times. You are not shouting. You are not. <laughs> it, they are quiet times when you're talking to your Father. It's a conversation. You're enjoying the presence of the Lord. You're getting direction for your life and for your day. And then that can be morning. Then much later, depending on how your day, how you, you schedule your time, whether maybe at noon or in the night before you go to bed, you can have your intercessory prayers. These are prayers where you, it's not, um, it's not, it's not fellowship with the father as usual. At this moment, you are dealing with the domain of darkness. You are seizing, you are seizing things from there. You are taking people from there. You know, you watch movies of war. And then, you know, when we watch those movies where um, some guys have to go to a prison to set someone free or set a group of people free, they come with, they come ready to kill. They come ready for war. They come ready for a fight and they will stop at nothing. Anyone who stands in their way. So intercession is war. You want to snatch somebody out of the hand of a, an enemy who has imprisoned them. If the enemy stands in your way, you need to be ready to kill. So at that point, you are, you, you, and we are, not, we are not asking God to do it. He gave us the authority to. So we're coming in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you say, you see this, my auntie, they say she's, 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 she's committed. They said that their generation have been committed to this God, this um, um, whatever it is, this idol. You say, I break the stronghold of that demon of that idol over her, over her, over her, her family, over everything. So at that point, you are dealing with the enemy in the authority of the name of Jesus and you are insisting on what you want. We were given the name. The name is for war. The name is for reclaiming. The name is for keeping. Keeping what is rightfully yours. The victory that Christ gave us. We keep it in that name. So we must, we must, uh, we must take advantage of this ministry where we've been called. ICLC, for those of you in Christ Embassy, the ICLC that just ended last week, the title was This is War. So we're not in time of peace, we're in a time of war and we're snatching. One of the pastors said something. He said, some guys rose up and said that their goal is to vaccinate every human, every person in this world. We can't, you, you can't, you can't, we cannot be quiet. Somebody's goal is to vaccinate a group of people who know not Christ, said that they want to vaccinate everybody. And if not for what we did, they would have succeeded. What is your goal? Are you with us who say our goal is to ensure that everybody in this world hears about Jesus Christ? Because if they could do it, if they could attempt it, if they could plan it and go on the journey to execute it, and they were going to succeed had we not stepped in. That means it is even more possible. He said, where, 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 where darkness, where, where wickedness, where, where, where the devils, the works of the devil abound. He said, grace abounded more. So that means even more than them, we can ensure that every single person, our vaccination is the vaccination of Jesus Christ in their hearts. So today's Rhapsody, go back, meditate on it. When you get this podcast, listen to it again. Make the adjustments that you need to make. You act, always remember every day that you, that you wake up, we are at war. It is war. 
and we are not going to be gentle about it. We're seizing men consistently from the domain of darkness. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to hand over to Sister Joy for the further study and the Rhapsody prayer. Thank you. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for today's ministration. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on what part of the world you are connecting from. Okay, we're going to be taking the further study, reading from 2 Corinthians 4, 3 to 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 1 Timothy, one, 1 Timothy 2, 1-4 I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. And finally, 2 Corinthians 5, 19. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Hallelujah. We're going to be taking the prayer together with our mic muted. It's on the screen. So you just repeat after me wherever you are. Dear Father, thank you for pouring out your spirit upon all humanity, making it possible for their heart to receive the glorious gospel of Christ. I pray for as many as will be reached with the gospel today, that the light of the gospel will shine in their hearts, resulting in their salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for today's ministration. Thank you so much, Ma, for this wonderful opportunity. Right now, I would like to call on Brother Dozier to take us through the New Testament reading of the one-year Bible plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Don't forget to win a soul today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depending on the part of the world you are connecting from, Welcome to today's Inspired by the World Times of Devotion. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this amazing platform. I'll be reading the one-year Bible reading plan today. I'll be sharing my screen at the moment. We're reading the book of Acts, chapter 10, from verse 24. We're reading the message translation. It's been a very interesting read. I'd like to say a big congratulations to everyone who has been consistent with the one-year daily Bible reading plan. The caption for today, God plays no favorites. The next morning, so yesterday we're reading um, the book, we're reading when Peter, um, Colinius sent his servants to come invite Peter over to his place. So it continues here. God plays no favorites. Verse 23, the next morning he got up and went with them, 
Some of his friends from Joppa went along. A day later, they entered Caesarea. Colinius was expecting them and had his relatives and close friends waiting with him. The minute Peter came through the door, Colinius was up on his feet, greeting him, and then down on his face, worshipping him. Peter pulled him up and said, none of that. I'm a man, and only a man, no different from you. Talking things over, they went on into the house, where Colinius introduced Peter to everyone who had come. Peter addressed them. You know, I'm sure that this is highly irregular. Jews just don't do this, visit and relax with people of another race. But God has just shown me that no race is better than any other. So the minute I was sent for, I came, no questions asked. But now I would like to know why you sent for me. Colinius said, four days ago, at about this time, mid-afternoon, I was home praying. Suddenly, there was a man right in front of me, flooding the room with light. He said, Colinius, your daily prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. I want you to send to Joppa to get Simon, the one they call Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner down by the sea. So I did it. I sent for you and you have been good enough to come. And now we are all here in God's presence, ready to listen to whatever the master puts in your heart to tell us. Peter fairly exploded with his good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you are from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel, that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he's doing it everywhere among everyone. You know the story of what happened in Judea. It began in Galilee after John preached a total life change. Then Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, ready for action. He went to the country, helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. He was made to do all this because God was with him. And we saw it, saw it all, everything he did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, where they killed him, hung him from a cross. But in three days, God had him up alive and out where we could be seen, where he could be seen. Not everyone saw him. He wasn't put on public display. Witnesses had been carefully handpicked by God beforehand. Us, we were the ones there to eat and drink with him. After he came back from the dead, he commissioned us to announce this in public, to bear solemn witness that he is in fact the one whom God destined as judge of the living and dead. We are not alone, we are not alone in this. Our witness that he is the our witness that he is the means to forgiveness of sins is backed up by the witness of all the prophets. No sooner were these words out of Peter's mouth than the Holy Spirit came on the listeners. Glory to God. The believing Jews who had come with Peter couldn't believe it, couldn't believe that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on outsiders, non-Jews. But there it was. 
they had them speaking in tongues, had them praising God. Then Peter said, do I hear any objections to baptizing these friends with water? They have received the Holy Spirit exactly as we did. Hearing no objections, he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay on for a few days. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in our hearts. It's so amazing that God is into breaking barriers, breaking limitations, all our mindsets and the way of our thinking. God goes beyond that and acts sovereignly. And this is what God did here. He broke the cultural barrier between the non-Jews and the Jews, anointing them and allowing them to receive eternal life. So as we go out today, we go out without limitations in our minds, knowing that the God that we serve has no limitations and all things are possible with him. Thank you, every, thank you very much, everyone. And have a beautiful day ahead. I'll hand over to Brother John, who will take us through the Old Testament one-year Bible reading plan. Have a blessed day. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much, for taking us through the New Testament as a beautiful place. Um, I just want to confirm, can you first hear me? Not very well, Brother John. Okay, so. Okay, better now. Thank you. So we're proceeding to the Old Testament segment, and we are reading the book of Ezra, Ezra 7 and 8. Um, yesterday we read about how the temple was completed again after the instruction of Cyrus. So now we're continuing from chapter 7. The caption is, Ezra arrives. After all this, Ezra, it was during the reign of Atasis, king of Pisia. Ezra was the son of Serai, son of Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Shalom, son of Zadok, son of Ahito, son of Amariah, son of Azariah, son of Merauth, son of Zeriah, son of Uzai, son of Uki. Bukai, son of Abishua, son of Phinehas, son of Eliaza, son of Aaron, the high priest. That is Ezra. He arrived from Babylon, a scholar well practiced in the revelation of Moses that the God of Israel had given. Because God's hand was on Ezra, the king gave him everything he asked for. Some of the Israelites, priests, Levites, singers, temple security guards, and temple slaves went with him to Jerusalem. It was in the seventh year of Atasses, the king. They arrived at Jerusalem in the fifth month of the seventh year of the king's reign. Ezra had scheduled their departure from Babylon on the first day of the first month. They arrived in Jerusalem on the first day of the fifth month under the general's guidance of his God. Ezra had committed himself to studying the revelation of God, to living it and to teaching Israel to live its truths and ways. 
verse 11. What follows is the letter that King Artaxerxes gave Ezra, priest and scholar, expert in matters involving the truth and ways of God concerning Israel. Artaxerxes, king of kings, to Ezra, the priest, a scholar of the teaching of the God of heaven. Peace, I hereby decree that any of the people of Israel living in my kingdom who want to go to Jerusalem, including their priests and Levites, may go with me. You are being sent by the king and his seven advisors to carry out an investigation of Judah and Jerusalem in relation to the teaching of your God that you are carrying with you. You are also authorized to take the silver and gold that the king and his advisors are given for the God of Israel, whose residence is in Jerusalem along with all the silver and gold that has been collected from the generously donated offerings all over Babylon, including that from the people and the priests of the temple of their God in Jerusalem. Use this money carefully to buy bulls, rams, lambs, and the ingredients for grain offerings and drink offerings, and then offer them on the altar of the temple of your God in Jerusalem. You are free to use whatever is left over from the silver and gold for what you and your brothers decide. Is in, is in keeping with the will of God, of your God. Deliver to the God of Jerusalem the vessels given to you for the worships, for the service of worship in the temple of your God. Whatever else you need for the temple of your God, you may pay for, you may pay for out of the royal bank. I, at assessors the king, have formally authorized and ordered all the treasurers of the land across the Euphrates to give Ezra the priest scholar of the teaching of the God of heaven, the full amount of whatever he asked for, up to 100 talents of silver, 650 bushes of wheat, 607 gallons each of wine and olive oil. There is no limit on the salt. Everything the God of heaven requires for the temple of God was given without hesitation. Why would the king and his sons risk stirring up his wrath also, let it be clear that no one is permitted to impose tribute, tax, or duty on any priest, Levite, singer, temple, temple security guard, temple servant, or any other worker connected with the temple of God that authorizes you. Ezra, exercising the wisdom of God that you have in your hands to appoint magistrates and judges so they can administer justice among all the people of the land across the Euphrates who live by the teaching of your God. Anyone who does not know the teaching, you teach them. Anyone who does not obey the teaching of your God and the king must be tried and sentenced at once. Death, punishment, a fine, prison, whatever. Verse 27, blessed be God, the God of our fathers, who put it in the mind of the king to beautify the temple of God in Jerusalem. Not only that, he cost the king and, the, and all his advisors and influential officers actually to like me and back me. My God was on my side and I was ready to go. And I organized all the leaders of Israel to go with me. Chapter 8, verse 1. These are the family heads and those who signed up to go up with me from Babylon in the reign of Artaxerxes the king. 
from the family of Phinehas, Geshem, family of Ethan, Daniel, family of David, Hatush, family of Shekaniah, family of Parosh, Zechariah, and with him, all 15 men, Sinon, family of Pahath, Moab, Eliehunai, son of Zeriah, and 200 men, family of Zatu, Shekaniah, son of Jahaziel, and 300 men, family of Adin, Ebed, son of Jonathan, and 50 men, family of Elam, Jeshiah, son of Kathaliah, and 70 men, family of Shephathiah, Zebadiah, son of Michael, and 80 men, family of Joab, Obadiah, son of Jehiel, and 218 men, family of Bani, Shalomith, son of Josephiah, and 160 men, family of Bebai, Zechariah, son of Bebai, and 28 men, family of Asgard, Johanan, son of Hakatim, and 110 men, family of Adonika, bringing up the rear. Their names were Eliphelet, Joel, Shemaiah, and 60 men, family of Bigvi, Utiah, Zakor, and 70 men. I gathered them together at the canal that runs to Ahava. We camped there three days. I looked them over and found that they were all laymen and priests, but no Levites. So I sent for the leaders, Eliezer, Ariel, Shemaiah, El Nathan, Jarib, El Nathan, Nathan, Zechariah, and Meshulam. And for the teachers, Joarib and El Nathan, I then send them to Idol, who is head of the town of Pacifier, and told them to, to say to Idol and his relatives who live there in Pacifier, send us ministers for the temple of God. Well, the generous hand of God was on us, and they brought back to us a wise man from the family of Mali, son of Levi, the son of Israel. His name was Sherebiah. With sons and brothers, they numbered 18. They also brought Hashabiah and Jeshiah of the family of Merari, the brothers and their sons, another 20. And then there were 220 temple servants, descendants of the temple servant that David and the princes had assigned to help the Levites in their work. They were all signed up by name. I proclaimed the fast day beside the Ahava Canal, a fast to humble ourselves before our God and pray for wise guidance for our journey. All our people and possessions. I was embarrassed to ask the king for a cavalry bodyguard to protect us from bandits on the road. We had just told the king our God lovingly looks after all those who seek him but turns away in disgust from those who leave him. So we fasted and prayed about these concerns, and he listened. And I picked 12 of the leading priests, Sherebiah and Hashabiah, with 10 of their brothers. I weighed out for them the silver, the gold, the vessels, and the offerings for the temple of our God, and that the king, his advisors, and all the Israelites had given, 25 tons of silver, the vessels of silver valued at three and three quarter tons of gold, 20 gold bowls weighing 18 and a half pounds, two vessels of bright red copper as valuable as gold. I said to them, you are holy to God, 
and these vessels are holy. The silver and gold are free will offerings. So the God of your ancestors, guard them with your lives until you are able to weigh them out in a secure place in the temple of our God for the priests and Levites and family heads who are in charge in Jerusalem. The priests and Levites took charge of all that had been weighed out to them and prepared to deliver it to Jerusalem, to the temple of our God. We left the Ahava Canal on the twelfth day of the first month to travel to Jerusalem. God was with us all the way and kept us safe from bandits and highwaymen. We arrived in Jerusalem and waited there three days. On the fourth day, the silver and gold and vessels were weighed out of the temple of our God into the hands of Merimoth, son of Uriah, the priest. Eliazar, son of Phinehas, was there with him and also the Levites. Josabad, son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, son of Binoah. Everything was counted and weighed, and the totals recorded. When they arrived, the, the exiles, now returned from captivity, offered whole bond offerings to the God of Israel. Twelve bulls representing all Israel, 96 rams, 77 lambs, 12 he goats as an absolution offering. All of these were sacrificed as a whole bond offering to God. They also delivered the king's orders to the king's provincial administration assigned to the land. Beyond the Euphrates, they in turn gave their support to the people and the temple of God. Praise be unto God. Now hand over to Brother Martin to take us through the remaining parts of the meeting. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Brother John. Hallelujah. Okay, we are taking our affirmation this morning. First of all, I'd like to say very thank you to the esteemed sister Maka for this great opportunity. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Depending on what part of the world you're connected from at this time. I'm taking our affirmation at this moment. And our affirmation will start by taking our names. My name is, you say your name. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. In us, paragraph mm, I, your name I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The third paragraph, your name first, my love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. At this point, I will kindly ask you to unmute your mics as we take our formation at the count of three. Please unmute your mics. One, two, three. My, my name is Martin. Thank you. 
Communication of my faith is effectual and very operative. I daily acknowledge Hallelujah. going straight to the communal segment at this point. And our text is taken from First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty-three. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For I receive of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. And the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Please do remembrance of me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you. For the body of Christ, I was broken for us. Lord, we give you praise, we worship you. Thank you. As we break this bread, we declare. That everything that was not connected with you in our life is broken away from. We break away from it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Fear is vanquished. Fear is vanquished by the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Go ahead and break the bread and eat it. Oh, we talk about the cover of the people. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he has supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it, amen, branch of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death to come. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. You sent your word, and there was calm as we take this cup. There is calmness because the situation has turned around. As we take this, this cup, we march forward. We make progress. We advance by the power of the Holy Ghost. As we take this cup, don't try to go push on that now. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, Father. <laughs> 
Oh, we march forward. We advance. We make progress. We move by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus. Go ahead and take the cup. Oh, she covered Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you so much, esteemed Sister Martha, for this opportunity. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful day. At this point, I'll be handing over to Yestina Marak to take us through the many parts of the meeting. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Brother Martins. Thank you, Brother Dozy. Thank you, Brother John. Thank you, Sister Joy, and thank you, Pastor Deborah. This one hour is always so much fun. Like, I enjoy every minute of this one hour, and it's like it shouldn't end. It's one of those times of my day that I so look forward to, like, I'm super, super looking forward to it all the time. And I always have a great time here. Like, I'm, like, the name inspired by the word. When we're done, I'm super inspired, propelled, and ex so excited about my day. Thank you so much, esteemed co-host, for always blessing us, you know, with the spiritual. Thank you. The word, the the investment of the word in your spirit, you know, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for joining us on a daily basis. Thank you for those who consistently comment on the chat rooms. Thank you for following and thank you for inviting others to, to be a part of this. Thank you. So we'll meet again tomorrow, same time here. So um, I'd like to call us to unmute at this moment as we share the benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sorry. Surely, Lord, God's goodness and mercy. All the days of our lives. All the days of our lives. Okay, so it was Brother Israel's birthday on um, on the Brother Israel was nineteenth, right? It was on the nineteenth. Yeah, it was on Saturday, and it was Brother Israel's birthday. He's been a blessing to us, and I believe that you all know him, Brother Israel. Sir, thank you so much for who you are and all that you do for the Lord, for the ministry, and for the kingdom. We love you very much, and we're saying happy birthday to you. And in this new year of your life, sir, may the Lord, you know, exceed all of your expectations. May your testimony be that everything happened. You know, you look at your life in the next one year, you look back at every ramification, and it will be said that, oh, God exceeded all of my expectations in all ramifications. Thank you so much, sir. We love you very much, and we are honored to have you in our ministry. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you, Mr. Thank you for being a family, for accepting us. I really love you and love everybody in the team. Thank you so much. I'm very grateful. I thank you, sir. Thank you. What do we say to Brother Israel? Happy birthday. We love you. Happy birthday. We love you so much, sir. Oh, a great God What a great God you are. We love you. We love you. We love you. Yes, so what a great God He's so great in God. What a great God. Wow. Thank you so much for that song, sir. Thank you. We minister wrong to you. 
Hey. <laughs> All right, everybody, enjoy Thank your you day. Everyone. God bless you. All right, Simon. Love you. Love you, Love you, sir. I'm alive. I'm alive. We are light. We are 